Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the IC Old People podcast. Today is Sunday, August 7th, 2022, two and a half years into the age of madness. My entire podcast practically has been broadcast throughout this time that we are living in right now. So the IC Old People podcast is a retrospective look at life from the, uh, from the uh, eyes of somebody who is going from 60 to 70 years old. I started the podcast on my 60th birthday and I wanted to follow my health, my, um, my life uh, through those 10 years of aging. So uh, we were going to do interviews and have all kinds of interesting uh, um, topics to discuss, uh, but the, the age of madness kind of ended all of that, and it's become a, a solo project, kind of a um, bi- biography of myself being uh, told to you by, by me. So hopefully someday people will look back at this and, and have a picture of what it's like to be a senior person in uh, 2022 what it is like to be basically under attack as a uh, white male in 2022, a white senior male, the most hated type of person on the planet, apparently, at this point in time. Uh, It's difficult. Uh, It's been difficult for these last two and a half years to have become so marginalized in society. Uh, Very, very difficult because I was uh, before, uh, in 2019 and before that, I was a well-respected member of the community, uh, important part of our community. It was amazing how quickly the propaganda media uh, turned me into a villain. And uh, the fact that so many people jumped on board with that is, is, shocking to the core and and it has affected me forever Uh, i i tried the other day just to talk to somebody about it and as soon as they saw my emotion rising on how much this has changed me and how much it has changed my trust in government and in uh, medicine uh, they immediately wanted to shut down the conversation and they did they said i just can't talk about this i just can't talk about this so although they were willing to have the conversation initially as soon as they saw the severe impact that it has caused to their friend, uh, it was too much for them to bear. So this is the cognitive dissidence that we're dealing with right now, is that friends are basically condemning friends to a marginalized life on the outskirts of society, and they are refusing to give it any conscious thought and think about the consequences to their friend. They just want to obey. And that's what four decades of liberal arts training has done within our uh, universities, our colleges, our high schools, and now our grade schools. So it's been kind of tough, uh, and I'm, but I'm getting through it. And, you know, I, this is two and a half years into the podcast now. I'm 62 and a half years old. More than that, really. In a few months, I'll be 63. My birthday is in November, and then the podcast will be uh, three years old at that point when I turn 63. You know, I heard a term years and years ago, and it was it was the burden of self. I was probably 40 when I read that term, and I couldn't understand it, but I'm beginning to understand it now. The burden of self increases as you age. Uh, you, your body, your physical body, your mental health, your emotional health becomes much, much more prominent as you get older. I've noticed that now in just these three years. Uh, before, 
I turned 60. I'm still very, very active in my career. I was still very, very active with family and uh, all kinds of different activities within the community uh, and what is happening now. And I know the age of madness has something to do with it as well, but I can see it is starting to shift where uh, the body, the self, your health, your well-being starts to become more of a primary focus. And, you know, you often talk when you're young, you hear about old, old people, all they ever do is talk about their aches and pains and their broken hips and their sore backs. And you think how you will never do that. But uh, when you do hit that age, which I have, uh, it does, tends to become a, a big topic in your life because of that burden of self. So I finally have come to understand that. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the weird things I've seen at the in the Age of Madness in the last little while. One of them was the the young man with the green dress. Uh, I was returning from a trip. Oh, I'll talk about that trip in a second. I was returning from a trip, my first time traveling in, in two and a half years, uh, traveling by airplane. I was actually allowed to go onto an airplane, uh, domestically, of course. I'm still not allowed. I've been so marginalized in society. I'm still not allowed to fly into the United States. I'm still not allow, allowed to drive into the United States. Uh, I can fly out of the country to a number of countries around the world that will accept me. Uh, but then when I return home, I am going to be facing the scrutiny of the entire Canadian Public Health Department as they try to uh, push me into quarantine at my own expense uh, or fine me $6,200 American, which is about $5,000 Canadian, which is about $5,000 American, just to come back into my country. So this is completely against what is on my passport that I have the right to travel as a Canadian citizen throughout the world to travel within Canada, within and out of Canada. Those are all basic rights that I have with my Canadian citizenship that have been taken away from me for two and a half years now. But they did lift the ban uh, momentarily, I guess, because I know it's going to come back in again. And uh, they even said it's just being suspended. They were not lifting the ban. So it was just suspended. So I was able to fly up uh, to uh, Thunder Bay. I was able to see my mom, my brothers. Uh, it was very, very nice. I did not have to drive 18 hours to get there like I have twice during this time of madness. Uh, so I was able to go up and visit and see them. It was really, really nice. And I was able to return home successfully. I flew out of Billy Bishop Airport, which is known as the City Airport. And it's in downtown Toronto, it's in the harbor. So only small prop planes can fly out of there. Uh, so I took that airport to fly up to Thunder Bay and I had no problems whatsoever. It was a great airline called Porter Airline, P-O-R-T-E-R. -E I can't say enough about them. I avoided Pearson International up in Toronto's north end, uh, the biggest airport in Canada, one of the worst airports in the world for delays, one of the worst airports in the world for losing luggage, one of the worst airports in the world for cancelled flights. So I avoided that and I had an incredible flight uh, both to and, and returning from Thunder Bay. So way to go, Porter. I really uh, enjoyed flying with you guys and it was a real treat to not have to subject my back to 18 hours of driving just to go up and visit my aging mother. My mother is 88 years old. She's going to be 89 in a couple of months 
and uh, every time I see her is, is a valuable time and it's an important time for me to see her. So uh, I do believe that the mandates and the QR codes and the vaccine passports are all going to come back in the fall. I'm not going to talk a lot about it because of restrictions and the fact that we live in a communist country now, um, the government monitors just about everything and anything you say may be used against you and it will be and we've been informed of that. Right now, there's a bill in place. I don't know if it's passed yet, but it's probably going to pass. There's a bill in place with the Canadian Parliament that basically will make my little micro podcast, my little tiny podcast right here, talking about my health and talking about aging. They would make it exactly the same. It would have to be scrutinized in exactly the same way that CBC, which is the major broadcaster in our country, or Global TV or uh, um, CBC, Global TV, CTV, all of those stations, those mega stations. Uh, so I would have to present a transcript in French. I would have to have it available in native languages. I would, ha uh, I would have to have a, a team of fact checkers uh, making sure that everything I say was okay with the government. So what it is, is it, it's a bill that if they don't like what I'm saying, all they have to do is come and scrutinize me and find all these problems and basically shut me down. So it's going to be their way to legally shut down absolutely everyone that they don't agree with. Uh, it's, it's called Bill C-100 or C-101. I can't remember which one it is, but it is basically going to take away the rights, even in social media accounts. If you are on Facebook or if you're on Twitter and you write something that the government doesn't like, all of a sudden there is going to be repercussions towards you. There was a case, I believe it was in England, where somebody shared a meme. Uh, a meme is just like a kind of like a picture with a funny little line on it. Somebody got offended by seeing the meme on social media. They called the police. This fellow was arrested because he uh, uh, basically assaulted the sensibilities of this person who was looking at the meme that they shared. Now that's got to go to court still. That's got to find out what happens with that. But that precedent is horrible. That's a horrible precedent to be in right now. But it is the time of madness. Anyway, on the way back from um, Porter, and another reason the city airport is good because you can jump on the GO train and get out of the city right away. But when I got on the GO train, right after me, a person got on the GO train, was a young man, 25 years old, I'm guessing, 25 years old, big long beard, mask on his mouth and, you know, just kind of floating on the beard like you see with people, because this is Ontario and people are still wearing masks. Uh, I certainly was not, but uh, this fellow got on with a mask. But what was surprising about him was his, his female style sunglasses, his little uh, uh, bonnet that he was wearing, and his green sundress that he was wearing. Okay, the only thing that he had on that was, uh, you know, somewhat male was he, he looks like he had shoes that he bought at Walmart, you know, the $35 black shoes that you buy at Walmart. Other than that, he was dressed up as a lovely little lady. He was sitting there uh, enjoying himself, um, you know, looking at his phone like everybody does on trains nowadays. And uh, it was just, it was just quite the sight. I'll tell you, I, I'm 62 years old. I've never seen a man on a dress other than in t on TV. Uh, I don't go out to clubs. I'm not out late at night in the city. So, I mean, maybe that is common. Maybe people do walk around in dresses in Toronto. But I've never seen anyone any man walk around in a dress and I've never seen any man in a dress on the go train. 
So that was new to me. And uh, maybe it is a trend. Maybe that's how people are dressing in Toronto now. I don't know. I go to Toronto very, very rarely. I only went in because I needed to take that, that plane. Uh, and I'm really glad I did. So what was the other weird thing that happened to me? I'm walking on the I'm walking down on a pier in our, my community down here. I live on the North shore of Lake Erie. We have a beautiful, we have 70 kilometers of, of lakefront, beautiful beaches. I'm walking along, there's a group of high school students and one of them, a young one, maybe 14 years old, he says to me, I like your feet. That's his opening line to me. I like your feet. I had to stop. I was walking the dog, I had to stop for a minute. I said, so. That's odd. <laughs> I said, that's an odd comment. Why? What, why do you like my feet? He says, oh, I don't know. They, they look good. They're nice. <laughs> I just, and then he asked me what size they were. I said, uh, oh, he's, he guessed. I said, he said, are they, are they size 10? Are you size 10? And which is probably pretty big for a high school kid. He was a small kid. Anyway, I said, no, they're 12s. He said, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. He was just so shocked by that. And then I, carried on walking. It was really weird. It was a weird encounter. I like your feet. That's what I'm going to name this episode. Uh, something else kind of interesting happened here at home just yesterday, and that was uh, a baby bat. We learned all about bats yesterday because it's the middle of the day and it's a heat wave right now. It's really, really hot. Yesterday and today, we're under a heat warning right now. It's very, very hot. It's the middle of the day, but it's a bit overcast, so it's not bright, bright, bright. And we see a bird and it looks like the bird is fluttering around our house. It's like going around our house. It seems to have any trouble. Like maybe it's trying to get past our house, but it can't seem to figure it out. That's what it looks like. But then we see an angle a couple of times and we see it's not a bird. It's a bat. And then the, the sun comes out and this bat just starts freaking out. Okay. Because it was really, really hazy. And then the, the sun just starts pounding on it all of a sudden, because the sun is hot and the sun is, is, is warm. The haze kind of lifted for a bit. So it, it kind of fluttered around the back of my house and then it got up underneath an eave and it stayed right there in that corner. And it's a, it's a corner that would be on the north side. It never gets sun. It's just a little corner. We thought maybe it had a, a nest up in there or a hole that got into that part of the, the roof, but it didn't. It just stayed there. It just parked itself. It was there upside down. And then when we, we got close to it to look at it, and we got quite close to it. It was only the, about half the size of a brick when it was laying there, or when it was laying, hanging upside down up in that little corner. So, you know, we got out like everyone does nowadays. We got out our phones and we researched what was going on. And it said, this is the breeding, this is when bats are born in, in Ontario. Bats are born in August. And if you see a bat in the daytime, there's usually only one reason. It's because it's lost. It's gotten separated from its mother and it's lost. Uh, so we figured that's exactly what it was. It was a baby bat. It somehow it got out of its, they, they live in Ontario because we don't have a lot of caves, especially where we are in Ontario. We're in the sand plains down here. Uh, there's not a lot of caves down here. So they live in the dead bark and in holes in trees and stuff like that. So Ontario bats have adapted to live in trees. They don't necessarily live in caves because there's not a lot of caves. So this, uh, there's not a lot of caves here. There's a lot of caves in Ontario, but not down this way. So they live in trees down this way. Uh, so that's exactly what happened. Uh, that, that bat was there all day. It was there from one o'clock in the afternoon and we checked around 
9.30 at night. So dusk had already come and it was gone. So it waited and there were, we had all kinds of activity in our backyard yesterday. My daughter was there, my grandkids. We had all kinds of fun in the pool. There was music playing. I was folding laundry like 10 feet from this bat. So the bat didn't, wasn't afraid of us and it didn't, didn't run away. It just stayed there all day. It didn't move. And then uh, its mother must have come to get it and it's gone and it's back home with its mother so it was really neat to experience that i learned a lot about bats ontario bats in particular uh, and i know now we have a family of bats that live near us i think this bat probably knew our voices already knew our activity it probably lives in the, we have five giant maple trees around us and a lot of them have dead branches up deep inside they're quite old they're 60 year old trees so they live in these trees i'm sure they probably know a lot. This bat, this little baby bat, probably has heard, heard our voices since it was born. It's heard the activity of this yard since it was born. So it wasn't really overly afraid, I think. It, it got in that little corner. Who knows? Maybe it spends every night of its life in my backyard while I'm in the house uh, watching TV or sleeping. So uh, very, very interesting. It was super fun. And uh, my grandkids were there, so they got to see the bat. We all got to observe it, uh, got to learn a little bit about it. So it was a real family learning experience. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I told you I fly, I flew for the first time in two and a half years, you know, and I also, you must be very, very aware that I'm completely anti-mask, but they would not let me in the airport at Billy Bishop airport. They would not let me in. So I had to put a mask on. I have a holy mask, which is, uh, which has holes in it, the size you could practically put your little finger through, but it looks like it's a full mask when you're wearing it. I got it from the States. Um, so I put on my holy mask. I walk through security. I, get, I have to wear it. I, I take it off as soon as I sit down in the lounge. No problem. No one says a word to me. I have to put it on to get on the plane. Okay. There's no way because they're going to deny me service. They're going to deny me entry. So I have no choice. I put it on. As soon as I get on the plane, I took it off and I was fine. Not one uh, not one of the stewards, not one of no one, not another passenger, not but the person beside me. No one said a word to me. And I'll tell you what was really sad. I was the only person on that plane that had, didn't have my mask on. There were all kinds of people who were wearing uh, their masks wrong, you know, underneath the nose or hanging underneath the chin, but they still had it on. They still had it attached to their ears. They were still showing their compliance. So then when I was getting off the plane in Thunder Bay, the steward says to me, uh, she says, uh, they're going to make you put that mask on again. You know that, right? And I said, well, we'll see. And they didn't. I walked right out of the airport without it on. And I did the same thing to, when I went home. Okay, same thing. I, I had to wear it to get on the plane. As soon as I got on the plane, I took it off. And I'll tell you right now, those porter stewards, those people who work on those planes, they don't want to enforce that ridiculous, stupid mandate. They don't want to make people have to wear masks. They don't want confrontations with people. And so it was the same deal. But again, that flight from Thunder Bay to Toronto, everyone on there but me had a mask on. So until we stop complying with these ridiculous and unscientific mandates, it's just going to continue. We're two and a half years into this and people are still wearing masks. Go to a grocery store in Ontario and a third of the people are wearing masks. It's ridiculous. People are still driving around in cars with masks on. People alone walking on the street are still wearing masks. This is Ontario. It's Ontario has been stuck in time for two and a half years. It's been stuck in the age of madness for two and a half years. 
Uh, I already kind of talked about the state of the nation. It's horrible. Uh, we are being controlled by a dictator. We're becoming every day more and more of a communist country. Uh, unless if we don't get the World Economic Forum out of this country and everyone who's associated with it, we are going down a path that uh, it, it's, it's a path that is slavery, slavery for our people, slavery for our children, slavery, slavery for our grandchildren. So I just, um, you know, I really didn't want to just focus on that, but, you know, I'm trying to, to give you an idea of what's happening in life right now, you know, why I'm stressed to the max, and uh, that's the reason. So let's just real talk real, real quick about the health, because I was supposed to be part of this podcast. I have had tremendous back pain for about seven weeks now. It's flared up. Uh, I, I ended up going to get getting x-rays i've got degenerative disc disease at l34 that's in my lower back that's so severe it's got giant osteophytes around it so it's always going to be a potential area that is going to flare up for me uh, it's probably from my work career i did body work all my life so i was twisting torquing lifting and uh, that's right in that area i would have put a lot of those forces so i am going to suffer now for the rest of my life with that it doesn't go away the best thing you can do is to uh, moderate it and 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 keep it keep it calm which is what i have been doing my other big health issue and it's just driving me absolutely insane is i've developed tinnitus i had tinnitus for the last i don't know six months at least it's getting worse and worse my hearing is going down i had a hearing test to try to find out what was going on so my hearing has declined since my last test three years ago and this tinnitus has gotten worse uh, it seems to be, it was at, at one time it was equal on both sides. It was very, very severe on both sides. But now it seems to be getting better on the left side and it seems worse on the right side. So it never leaves you. It never leaves you. Tinnitus is uh, your friend every moment of the day. I wake up with it. I go to bed with it. Uh, it's becoming very, very difficult. I already watch television with subtitles because my hearing is declining. I do have an appointment in uh, in this month in august with a hearing care specialist again and he's going to give me a loaner to try out a hearing aid for a month and see if it helps me with the tinnitus and if it helps me with the hearing issues so you know that's the kind of stuff that i deal with but i'll tell you what i don't deal with i don't deal with covid i don't deal with anything like that okay i've been i've been healthy as a horse everyone i know who is in the same situation as me has been healthy which is not the case for the general pop population the medical centers are full the medical emergency rooms are full hospitals are overflowing uh, there's illness everywhere it's the middle of summer and people have this respiratory virus is happening and they're not the people like me okay the people who are having these respiratory problems right now the people who are sick right now have the people have are the people who have been complying totally with the program the people who have not been complying with the program for two and a half years we're healthy other than my aging issues, you know, back pain, tinnitus, sore back. I can complain about a sore back. I'm not complaining about uh, myocarditis. I'm not complaining about getting COVID for the fifth time, like uh, President Biden, who's been fully jabbed and boosted and uh, fully vaccinated. And he's already, he's had COVID three, four times. Our prime minister's had COVID three times. Every time you turn around, another official has COVID. Uh, nobody within my peer group is getting COVID. People in my peer group don't get colds or respiratory problems in the summertime. 
the, the only time I ever get a cold or a respiratory problem is when I'm run down and it's winter time when all the carbon has been sequestered into the ground. There's no reason at all for anyone to have respiratory problems right now, except for the biggest reason in the room, the elephant in the room that nobody is allowed to talk about ever. That's the reason everybody is so sick right now. Anyway, so that's it. I'm not going to say any more because this could, I could be listening to this again in five years at my, at my trial. So I hope that that's not the case because I hope that things start to turn and we take back our power as a society. We take back our power as a people. The citizens of Canada, the citizens of Ontario have been imprisoned by a system that they didn't vote for, they didn't ask for, they don't even know the agenda, and yet they have been imprisoned by this agenda. So, okay, that's enough for me. If you've listened to this point, you know I love you, and I really, really appreciate you. Uh, I'll be back. I know this was a long time between podcasts this time, but I'll be back. I'll let you know what's happening with my tinnitus, and I'll let you know if that hearing aid helps me. And uh, I'll let you know what's happening in Canada. I know a lot of my listeners are international and they wonder what's going on in this crazy country that at one time was respected throughout the world. Canada is tarnished. Canada has been destroyed on the world stage. We're nothing but a, a banana dictatorship now. We are a banana dictatorship. Uh, we could be the same as Honduras or Guatemala was back in the 80s. We're no different. Canada is the new Cuba. And we, unfortunately, me, my family are trapped here. Let's, let's just pray everyone together and try to get through this, try to get out of this and try to get back to normal. The age of madness has to end. It can't continue because the only way, if it continues, the only way that is going to end is our slavery. Remember that the only way this ends is our slavery. So let's please stop complying now and let's get on board and take our country back. All right, we'll see you next time. You take care of yourself.